welcome to All There Is. I'm your host, Kelly Bargabas, and I have a passion for writing about the things that move me with the hopes they move you too. In this episode, we are going to take a deeper dive into invisible disabilities and helping others cope with those. A few episodes ago, we touched on this topic, and I think it was episode four, and it was titled C, so you can go back and listen to that if you didn't hear it. Um, But today we're going to spend a little bit more time just talking about this a little bit more because it's important. Many of us struggle with or are close to someone who struggles with invisible disabilities. These come in many forms, from depression and anxiety to severe allergies, from intellectual limitations to autoimmune diseases. These disorders exist all around us. An invisible disability, whether it's physical, mental, or neurological, is one that is not obvious at first glance. They are hidden from our view. There's no outward sign that fits our culture's preconceived ideas of what defines a disability. An invisible disability causes limitations with movement, senses, or activities, or creates other challenges that just make ordinary life more difficult. Because of the invisible nature, people that struggle with these are often judged, misunderstood, and marginalized. Some common examples that you probably have heard of uh, are psychiatric disorders like depression, PTSD, bipolar, schizophrenia. You know, if you think about it, you can't tell from looking at a person if they struggle with one of these. Intellectual limitations, learning disabilities, low IQ, traumatic brain injury, How can you tell if you're uh, sitting across from someone and having a conversation with them and you don't know them? How do you know if they've been diagnosed with some of these intellectual limitations? And then there's some physical disorders like narcolepsy, like epilepsy, lupus, chronic pain. All of those are invisible disabilities. Those are some of the most common invisible disabilities. But, you know, basically, it's, it's any condition that limits a person's movements, senses, or daily activities in a way that creates challenges in how they work, go to school, drive, or take care of their family. Most importantly, they are not transparent or obvious to those around them or people they encounter, especially at first glance. Unfortunately, the very fact that these symptoms are invisible can lead to misunderstandings, the false perceptions, the judgments. And, you know, just to hit this point home, if you think about what are the differences you may be asking faced by people dealing with visible and invisible disabilities? Well, of course, the obvious is the visibility of it. By nature or definition, visible disabilities are transparent and obvious to the onlooker. And, you know, this leads us right into the second primary difference that people face is that because of the obvious nature, visible disabilities can be accommodated. We can require wheelchair ramps. We can extend a handout and help if we see that someone physically needs assistance. We can provide Braille. We can provide an interpreter when the disabilities are a little more obvious. And I'm not suggesting that we do a great job of this always in our society. I know there has been a hard-fought battle for some of the ADA compliance that we have today, and I'm not trying to minimize that. I'm just, it's just for today's discussion, I am just talking about invisible disabilities because they do have an extra layer of challenge inherent in them. 
you know, this topic, how does it affect me personally? I have a brother who is challenged and struggles with invisible disabilities. He's been diagnosed with narcolepsy, fetal alcohol syndrome, low IQ, and learning disabilities. And all of those are invisible at first glance. So I've witnessed firsthand how it has impacted his life. And I know also because I, you know, I have a brother like this, I know that it can, how, what it's like to have a child or a sibling, someone in the family with differences or disabilities. And I know that it can be confusing. It can be stressful, hard to understand. It can be embarrassing, you know, if we're going to be really vulnerable and open and honest in this podcast. And I hope that we are. I think some of us could admit that sometimes it may embarrass us. And at the same time, it can, it can create a spirit of compassion in that sibling. You know, it can limit family activities. It can be a stress point, a tension. Um, there can be misunderstandings and confusion, especially with extended family, right? And for those of you who have dealt with this, I know you're nodding your heads right now, especially if you're not aware of it. You know, I can remember being at family get-togethers with extended family and in-laws and, you know, even just with my brother who has narcolepsy, there have been a couple of times when we have been at a picnic and he had a cataplectic attack, which is part of narcolepsy, and dropped his plate of food. And everybody is staring and judging. You feel like everybody is staring and judging. So what is the most profound problem faced by those with invisible disabilities? I think that the most profound problem faced by those with invisible disabilities is other people's expectations and how other people's expectations actually limit their ability to live in this world. For example, it can be very difficult to find supportive work environments. Because they look quote-unquote normal, people expect them to be treated like everyone else, and often this lack of awareness and understanding can lead to hostility about accommodations that may be necessary. I was working in an organization, and we had a situation come up where there was someone on our team uh, who struggled, who was on the autism spectrum. Uh, she was highly functioning, and she was a relative of someone in the organization, and that is how she got the job in the first place. But there were limited things that she really could do. She had a limited skill set. Let me say that. She had a limited skill set. Within the confines of this skill set, if you gave her the right guardrails, the right instructions, and the tools to do what she needed to do, she could be successful. And there was some hostility, even with management. Um, they wanted to give her more, you know, her family approached us, asked us if we could give her more hours. And the first reaction was, no, she needs to be, you know, if she wants more hours, she's got to be able to do this, 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 and this. She's got to be able to multitask. She needs to add value to the organization. And even for me at the time I was responsible for HR, I had to take a pause myself and say, well, wait a minute. I know that's our initial reaction because we're always so concerned with fairness, right? We want everybody to be treated fairly like everybody else. We get that. But I, I had to pause and really think about this for myself and then go to the team, the management team, and say, hey, guys, listen, we have an opportunity here. 
you know, we this this person is struggling with an invisible disability. The team members are hostile and crying unfairness because they don't really understand what's going on. So this is an opportunity for us to um, manage and lead them through that. And and so we did. But, you know, I get I get the impact, you know, having a family member with invisible disabilities, I get the family dynamic. I get that everybody in the family accepts it at their own pace. Everybody in the family understands it at different levels. And everybody in the family helps out and copes in a different way when they realize that their child or their sibling is going to struggle sometimes with a lifelong challenge like this and and maybe isn't going to be the person that they thought they were going to be. And we all have to cope and accept that in our own way. And I understand it from the corporate level. You know, as a senior leader in organizations, I have struggled with how to accommodate people and also be fair to everyone in the workplace. And do I think that people with invisible disabilities can lead a full life? Absolutely. However, I will say this, the definition of a quote-unquote full life may be different than you or I think. And, you know, do you think our culture discriminates against people with invisible disabilities? Have you ever given that any thought? I do. I, I when I really sat down and thought about this when I was writing um, Chasing the Merry-Go-Round and, and dealing with all of the things that I was dealing with in my brother's journey, I really came to believe that our culture has historically valued and celebrated strength over weakness. When you really think about it and think about our celebrity culture, our sports culture, we celebrate strength over weakness. We celebrate intellect over character and accomplishment over a simpler life. And because of this, a segment of our population is systemically and repeatedly marginalized, unseen and unheard. For example, we would never expect a person in a wheelchair to climb a flight of stairs in order to get help. We require access. However, we think nothing of handing an adult with a third grade reading level and intellectual disabilities, we think nothing of handing them a 20-page form to fill out in order to receive benefits and the help they so desperately need. So what can we do? How can we help out a family member, a friend, a coworker who was challenged with an invisible disability? And for me, it's about three things, awareness, understanding, and acceptance. And I think before we can have understanding, we have to have awareness. How do we do this? Learn all you can about the disability. To be able to help someone, it's important to seek knowledge about their specific situation. What are, what are they dealing with? What is the scope of their limitations or challenges they endure? What treatments or medications are available? Where Can their boundaries be challenged and pushed? And where can they not? What accommodations can be made for that person? How can you help with an accommodation? For example, a person with allergies can possibly pre-medicate if if they know they're going to be somewhere where their allergies will be triggered. But if a person has toxic, life-threatening sensitivities, they may not have that option. If we're talking about a person with limited intellectual capacity, Of course, we want to maximize and educate and push for more with this person. But sometimes if we don't understand the boundaries and the challenges, pushing for more can cause frustration and a sense of defeat. And having said all of that, as we seek to learn all we can about the invisible disability, 
More than anything else, we need to allow for the possibility that we may not know everything about a person or what they are struggling with. And, you know, if you're someone like me, that was probably the hardest thing for me to come to terms with because I like to know everything. You know, I like to think of myself as a pretty smart person. I like to solve problems. I, I, I just do. That's how I am. And it serves me well in most areas of my life. And so for someone like me, it can be really hard to admit, acknowledge and accept that I don't know everything. And I I don't know everything even about the people closest to me and the people that I love or the people that I work with. And sometimes just coming to that place where you can admit that and accept it and know that will help the person in your life that has an invisible disability. Don't be a know-it-all. Second, understanding. Understanding invisible disabilities will allow us to actually make a difference in their lives. And one of the ways that we can do this is first to realize what you have in common. People with invisible disabilities want the same things you want. They want to be seen and heard. They want to have a voice. They want people to see them. They don't want to be invisible. And they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves and to add value to this world in the form of family, friendships, work, and relationships. We all want that, right? We all get up every day. We, we want our work to matter. The fact that we showed up at the office, we want that feeling of accomplishment of getting things done and providing and getting a paycheck and providing for ourselves or our families. You know, it's part of the human need, the human condition to desire that, to be needed and to add value to this world. You know, people with invisible disabilities want the same things you do. So just know that. They, and most of all, they want to be seen for who they are, not for what they can or cannot do. Be a source of encouragement. Sometimes that's all you can do, whether this entails medication, picking up their prescriptions for them, helping them get the medication that they need. Maybe it's special training or environmental assistance. Make certain that you reach for everything you can to help provide the fullest life possible. Believe in them. Just knowing they have you in their corner can make all the difference. Show understanding to help the person that you love overcome their frustrations. You know, we all have friends who struggle with anxiety. It's very common. And sometimes anxiety can be crippling. And if you don't struggle with it, you don't get that. You think, oh, for God's sake, just, you know, shower, get dressed and get out of the house. It's not that simple for someone who struggles with anxiety. And, you know, if you have a friend who just cannot commit to a social gathering because of their claustrophobia or anxiety, you know, be understanding instead of annoyed. Or how about the person who has allergies, environmental allergies, and they ask what chemicals you use before they come over, and you think they're being obnoxious. I worked with a person one time who was allergic to perfumes and lotions and scents, and I will admit I had a bad attitude about it, and I was wrong. What about the relative with bipolar disorder who uh, inhibits conversation at the dinner table and they seem unbearable? You know, a little understanding goes a long way. And know that for all your frustration with them, 
their frustration with themselves is far greater. So if you can show understanding while letting them know they are valued, you will go, it will go a long way in alleviating their frustrations and yours. Okay, so now we've talked about awareness, we've talked about understanding. Finally, when it comes to helping our loved ones cope with invisible disabilities, acceptance is the most powerful gift we can give. And specifically the gifts of acceptance and love. We all want to feel relevant. We all want to feel we have a place in the world and in the hearts and minds of others. But when we have an invisible disability, these feelings can be elusive. By providing unconditional acceptance and love, we turn the elusive into reality for that person. And finally, part of acceptance is work you have to do inside of yourself. You have to let go. Truly accepting someone the way they are means letting go of your expectations, letting go of what you think they should aspire to and need to be happy, letting go of our cultural and our own ideals of what normal is. This is a tough one. I know it's just a couple of sentences I just said, but really think about that. One of the most powerful gifts we can give the people in our lives is letting go of our expectations of what we think they should be, what we think they should do, how we think they should do life, and what their normal life should look like. And if we can do those three things, we will make a difference, not only in the lives of people we know, but now that we have this awareness, now that we know everything that we just talked about in this podcast, we can help everybody that we come in contact with. We can share this. I think it's Oprah who said, when we know better, we do better. Maybe it was Maya Angelou who said it on Oprah. When we know better, we do better. Okay, now you know better. So, you know, this week, I want you to think about these things as you go throughout your day, your week, as you look around your workplace. Um, Are there people that could be struggling with things that you don't know about? And can you offer awareness? Can you offer understanding? Can you offer acceptance? A couple of episodes ago, I introduced um, the C approach to you, and it was the acronym C. Every day, all of us encounter people in different situations, and we form judgments right away without all the facts. It's human nature. I do it. You do it. We all do it. And the way that we can change that is realizing that there's often more to the story than what we see at first glance. And this acronym C, S-E-E, can help us. When you do encounter people in different situations and you're tempted to form a judgment right away without all the facts, stop, pause, take a breath, a beat, a moment. Before you do or say something impatient or hurtful, take a moment to reconsider. Evaluate. Ask questions. Could there be impairment? Could there be more than what I see on the surface? Could they be struggling with an invisible disability? Finally, empathize. Put yourself in their shoes. Give compassion. Stop, evaluate, empathize, see. And why is this so important? I've mentioned this in an episode before, too, that there are many people who struggle in this world, people who need a little extra help to keep up with this fast-paced system we've created. How we care for those who need help has an everlasting impact. If the basic needs of a person's spirit, soul, and body are met, it allows them the ability to keep their own corner of the world, their home, safe and prosperous for them and their family. This is all there is. 
So that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. That's what I wanted to share. Um, you can find more information and contact me by going to my website, kellybargabas.com slash podcast. And if you got something useful by listening today, please subscribe, share, or review all there is. In our next episode, we are going to talk more specifically about the disease of narcolepsy. And I just want to share with you and Uh, all in the effort to build awareness. Someone that I love has narcolepsy. So I want to take this opportunity to build some awareness around that subject. Okay, I think you'll enjoy it. You'll learn something. And until then, take care.